saints. God bless you. You enjoyed the weekend. What a blessed time we've had. And it's good to see those who've made it. Sister Lane and Brother Scotty, God bless you. Nice to have you with us this morning. Came a long way. And we're just so thankful for what the Lord's given us this weekend so far. But we've got one more service. We need to shake off any tiredness. It reminds me of the Sunday morning of camp. Everybody's just a little bit shell-shocked. <laughs> but praise the Lord, we're going to have church again. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to hear what he's placed on Brother Tim's heart. And we're going to have a time. Amen. We've heard testimonies. We've sang specials. We've heard good preaching. And God has more for us this morning. And I am so looking forward to it. I mean, we haven't had a chance to properly sing the goodness of God yet. So why don't we sing that together? I can't get away from this, this song. All my life, you have been faithful. Amen. Let's just sing this together. I love you, Lord. Oh, for your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been
worthy of glory and honor and power and praise. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. How great is our God. How great is our God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother David Mbuig, would you come please open the service for us in a word of prayer? Pastor from the SeaTac Renton Church down there. Good to have you here with us this morning. Praise be to our God. Amen. There's a word of encouragement from our brother Norm and sister Louise. Said, have a word of encouragement and thanks to God. Last night, Brother Spencer prayed specifically for my diabetes problem, even though none of the visiting ministry had been told that I had diabetes. But God knows. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's, sometimes the Lord will just do that. He just says, I see and I know. And that's enough. Hallelujah. There's also a prayer request from our brother, from our brother David's assembly. Brother Shishiku Henry, uh, his sister in Malawi passed, um, excuse me, she and her son were poisoned and are very ill now in the ICU, and, and they're just desiring prayer this morning. We can remember our brother Henry's sister this morning. If there's a need on your heart, we know that God sees every upraised hand, every need spoken and otherwise. You can just lift it before the Lord in faith this morning. Amen. Knowing that he sees, would you come, Brother David? God bless you. Dear God, we're so happy to be in your presence this morning, Lord. We're so happy to have you like a father who cares about us. What a privilege, oh God, to be found in your presence for three days now, oh God. Receiving straight from your throne, oh God. Using the vessels, oh God, since Friday until today, expecting more, oh Lord Jesus Christ. You want us to be free and to rejoice, oh God, in this year of Jubilee. 50 years, oh God, we have come in this place to rejoice, oh God. And to trust that you'll be here with us this morning again. Jubilee is not just an imagination, oh God, for your bride, but it's your reality. We have come, oh God, to sing a new song, Lord Jesus Christ. And we trust that nothing will stop this. Nothing will stop us until we get into eternity. We believe that you died for us to make us free. You went until the tomb, oh God, to deliver even those that are dead already, to deliver them from the tomb, from the prison. You brought them out. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, oh God. Believing Hebrews 13, 8, that's why we are here, Lord Jesus. Because you know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You will come again this morning and not the man of God will be standing here, Lord. Would you like to put the man aside, oh Lord Jesus, and use the vessel for your kingdom, oh God? We have come expecting this morning, oh God. We trust that you will come and meet our expectation, Lord Jesus. You are God and no one is like you, Lord Jesus. We have come like needy people, Lord Jesus. Seeing the hand of your people lifted up, Lord Jesus Christ, showing the need. You are more than able to, to meet our need, Lord Jesus. 
We have a prayer request, oh Lord Jesus, of our sister who is battling in a hospital, Lord God. We pray that you go there. They send a prayer request because they believe that you say wherever two or three are together, banding together, asking anything, it will be given unto them. That's why they send a prayer request. We pray for them, oh Lord Jesus. Would you like to, 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 to touch them in a special way and heal them, oh Lord Jesus? We appreciate you. We thank you. And we love you from our heart, Lord God. We pray for the pastor, Lord Jesus Christ, who led this church for 50 years now. Remember him, oh Lord God. Give him strength, oh Lord Jesus. Give him his heart, desire, oh God. Bless his ministry, oh God. You know how we need him, oh God, in this church, oh Lord Jesus. Brother Tom will help him for all these years, Lord Jesus. Would you like to remember him? Brother Murphy, Brother Tim, Brother Michael, always work hard, oh God, beside him. Would you like to bless the ministries, Lord God? How we can hear testimonies from all over the world, oh God. Glorifying God for the ministry of this church. Bless them in a special way, oh God. Again, take the man aside this morning and speak to us, oh Lord Jesus. Bless Brother Ryan as his song leading. Bless song service, oh Lord Jesus, and be with us. We thank you and you commit the whole service into your hand from the beginning until the end. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Why don't you greet the brother and the sister next to you as you take your seats. We'll take up the morning offering. And I want you to start playing So Glad I'm Yours, Ben E-flat. And we're going to ask Brother Dan, Sister Dory, you want to go ahead and come as the offering's done being taken up. We're going to have a baby dedication this morning. And we'll just sing this song a few times as we turn the service to our brother Tom for the baby dedication. So glad I'm yours, Lord. I'm so of no longer slaves we're going to sing that verse from the mind of god you have chosen me as brother dad and sister dory come and we have the updated lyrics i believe we do right from the mind of god there we go let's sing that verse oh from the mind of god Thank you. 
event that's taking place. Jubilee. We're having a jubilee. Aren't we having a jubilee? Have you been having a jubilee? You know what we're dedicating this morning? Zion Jubilee. Amen. It's, it's uh, special. Every baby dedication is individual. And each one holds a special place in Brother Biscoe's heart, my heart, as we dedicate our children to the Lord. Uh, I've got a, just a couple of things, Brother Dan. Dan wrote me a book. The longest email of my life on any baby dedication. He's not sorry. That will go in the book of remembrance. Right, Jean? That will go in the book. Brother Dan is standing here because if if God didn't interrupt Brother Dan's life, he wouldn't have Dorothy. And if God hadn't given him Dorothy, we wouldn't have Zion Jubilee. And so I was going back in my mind, Dan, and you've known and I've used your testimony over the years. So I checked with Joel. I checked my sheets, was it 208, Brother Ron Spencer was preaching a meeting, and God turned you around, brought you into the presence of God, and you've never deviated since. I think that's a tremendous testimony. I, we had a family meeting. And we sat down with the Florent family. Brother Roy, you, you know, and the girls know, Angelica knows. And we sat down, we had a heart-to-heart talk, and I just wanted Dan to come. I've loved Dan since a little boy. And God got a hold of him. He was running out of the tent, and I cried out in my heart. I said, God, stop that boy. This meeting's for him. And Dan turned around came right to the altar, and then I knew God had his hand on your life, Brother Dan. And then from that, I'd like to read from Psalms 77, verse 14. You are the people of God who works wonders. You are the people of God who works wonders. For you have known your mighty amongst the people. And the Bible goes on to say in Psalms 136, And four, to whom alone doeth these wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom has made the heavens, and his mercy endureth forever. This is a baby dedication of Zion Jubilee Florent. Zion. I know, Dan, you gave me a whole list of meanings, but I'll take my meaning. I'm not that Dan's wasn't right. Of course they were right, but I just shortened it. God gave you a piece of heaven. Zion means heaven. God has given you a piece of heaven. The place of utmost happiness. And of course, being Jubilee, it means liberty. Liberty. 
And every morning when he cries, he's going to hear the sound of freedom. <laughs> I hear the sound of freedom. Not really. I'm sure he will live to that name. Heaven, liberty. From the onset of Sister Dorothy's pregnancy, doctors did a genetic testing. The word from the doctors and physicians, this child has a fetal chromosomal condition, meaning in this condition he'll have an abnormality in many parts of his body. The fetus will grow slow, and upon birth, the body and organs will not develop to a healthy rate. Statistics determine this child has 5 to 10% with the condition to, to, to survive just one year. Brother Dan wrote this to me. Dorothy and I had you, Brother Tom, and our precious Brother Murphy to agree together with us in prayer. Upon hearing this report, and with a sh without a shadow of doubt, the Holy Ghost came into that little room, and the great physician took care of the situation. What a testimony. What a testimony. Brother Dan writes, with unwavering faith, we shook Satan's kingdom. All the consultants, from the doctors to the nurses, and would give a negative report, and Dan would say, wrong, 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 wrong. Hard in birth, Sister Dorothy, we've heard all about it. Hard birth. But God was going to allow this child to be born perfect. Amen. Nurses witness it. They called him a beautiful baby when he was born. And Brother Dan could only think, again, how great God is. Brother Dan wrote down, from de defective to exemplary. He kept saying, as Brother Dan said, that to the, the nurses would look at the baby when it was born. Exemplary. Exemplary. They'd go to the nurses and doctors. This is an exemplary child. All God was doing for Brother Dan and Sister Dorothy was confirming over and over and over a miracle child has been born. Brother Wes, I don't know if you remember this. Uncle Tom has a little bit of a memory still. And you were at the tent one time. I asked you to take a morning devotion for the young people. And you took the thought from that time. And you said, normally everybody says, from that time you did this wrong. This happened. And from this time, that time you did this and it was wrong. And this is what happened. But Wes, you turned it around. You said, from the time I received Christ, Everything good happens. And I want to say to you, Dan, you did things right. And from that time, you're standing here with this lovely little family. God bless your 
family. Amen. As we dedicate this little jewel this morning. Let's bow our heads. Lord, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And so, Lord, I'm cradling in my arms a gift of God that you have blessed Brother Dan and Sister Dorothy Florent. You've blessed them with this little darling, Zion Jubilee. We've gone through the testimony, and that testimony will ring through the ages because it has not been the works of man, but has been the works of God. And because you intervene, Lord, in Dan and Dorothy's life, they're cradling now in their arms this gift given of God. I pray that your hand will rest upon Zion. I pray, Lord, that the glory of God, a peace of heaven, will shine every morning, Lord. That he wakes up, Lord, screaming the liberties of God and the promises of God. And may he know you in an early age, if you should tarry, that, Lord God, his influence would be felt in the home, within a grandparent's home, and to all the children that will be around him. Keep your hand on this child as you did at its very conception. We love you, Lord, and we dedicate him back to you for the glory of God. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we give you all the glory, all the praise. We bless your holy name. Lord, life is a treasure, and we treasure this treasure this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dan, for the privilege. Okay. Dorothy, God bless you. Amen. Brother Ryan. Praise the Lord. He's a miracle-working God, isn't he? Amen. Let's just sing together. This is a song I would say. It's a core church memory. Oh, how he loves you and me. From my earliest memories here at Cloverdale, almost 30 years ago, where Sister Ruth coming and singing this song, Brother Ed would have her come sing it, and it's always just been so precious to me, even as a young man, and I just, you can't hardly even, well, we can't grasp it, the love of the Father for us. So we're going to ask Brother Wes, Brother Michael, Andrew to come and sing, and as they come, let's just sing this together and rejoice in the love of the Lord. Oh, how He loves you.
Paul was weary on his journey his body frail and weak the apostle knew the end was near as he dipped his pen in ink and he wrote timothy my son i have fought the fight of faith carry on what i've begun but most of all i pray preach the word preach the cross preach redemption to a lost and dying world lift your voice unashamed of the gospel of his that was written down calls out to us today lift the name of Jesus higher until the whole world knows the story of amazing grace we are messengers of hope preach the word preach the cross preach redemption to Isn't that what's happened this week? This week and the word 
has continued, has gone for 50 years around the world, and may it continue to go forward. Amen? Can we sing that again from that middle part? Second course. Preach the word right there. Preach the cross. Preach redemption to a lost and dying world. Lift your voice unashamed of the gospel of his name. Preach the word. Preach the cross. Preach redemption to a lost and dying world. And lift your voice unashamed of the gospel of his name. Until all have heard, preach the word, preach the word. of this assembly I've always felt amen we're going to invite Biscal sisters are going to come sing for us it wouldn't be proper anniversary meetings if we didn't hear from the Biscal sisters so we're going to invite Sister Linda, Sister Marilyn Sister Joanne to come at this time amen and as they come why don't we just sing I love him I love him because he first loved me oh
love story of all. Unworthy was I of the grace he outpoured. In Christ alone, I'm completely restored. Oh,
Well, we're going to change a little bit of the order of the service. Of course, this is coming down to our Sunday morning. Brother Tim Pruitt will be ministering the Word of God to us with I'm under great anticipation. Why don't you have your seats? God bless you. And Dad, that's a testimony of your life. Mom, that's a testimony of your life. Daughters, all grandchildren. It's powerful. Powerful. And we thank God for it. And their wives of our grandchildren, our brother Ed's grandchildren, our wives and husband, now children. That's the promise. That's the promise, and it's in effect. Well, this morning, we want to give God all the glory. We've come through a few years here, 50. And you look at, at what the Lord has done, and you try and put it and compact it into just a few moments because we don't want to take Brother Tim Pruitt's time. Um, you, you notice the boards up on the, on the platform here. I have had the privilege I don't know why I'm this way, but I am. The privilege to stand with men of God for 47 years. And as the men were singing, preach the word, preach the word, that seems to be all that our hearts are desiring to see the word of God go forth. And I've never met any man on the face of the earth, and I've been around the world, that had such a drive and a burden to see this message go forth. And without that message going forth, there wouldn't be churches where there's churches. There wouldn't be assemblies where there's assemblies. And this man sacrificed his grandchildren and children's lives. Both mom and dad, brother Ed and sister Ruth, gave up that so that this message go around the world. We couldn't show enough appreciation. We just couldn't show enough appreciation. When we dedicated this church, we used the scriptures, and lo, he sent out a mighty voice, and that banner stood over this pulpit for a number of years, Dad. And that's what you did. It sent out a voice, a mighty voice. This is not church where you play around. This is where the elected lady puts on her raiment to get ready for a rapture. It wasn't to get members. It was to get the seed gene of God. And you're here this morning because of a man that had a burden for that. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and as a voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunderings saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth over this pulpit. There have been the waters of many voices, voice of many waters. And if I started listing, as I did this morning, men of God that stirred over this pulpit, 
Brother Branham said in the things that are to be, he said, God will put on the pastor's heart men that come behind this pulpit because he knows what the body needs. And so today, I feel honored and privileged to have Brother David Mayer, Brother Ron Spencer, Timothy Pruitt, Brother Tim Pruitt, here to minister to us because they've impacted our lives through these last years. And as Brother Biscoll said to me, Brother Tom, he said, I don't really want to look back as we have to the little church in which we did a memory board and, and the, it was beautifully done. And I don't want to look back. He says, I want the church to look forward. We want to press the battle forward. We want to get raptured. And so by the grace of God, we've been privileged to be influenced by the men that have stood behind this pulpit. When I first got saved, the first thing I knew that Jesus saved me. And felt the influence of the Holy Spirit within my life that changed me. Powerfully. And in a moment. Then I woke up one morning and it came to me as I was in prayer. Lord, you've influenced me. But you sent a pastor to influence my life in a greater way that introduced me to the messenger. One man's influence has gone around the world. And Dad, I want to say thank you for your sacrifice. We have history books, and the prophet said, don't write history books because we don't plan on being around. We had the opportunity as a family to go on a vacation. I went over a couple of my notes. We have books that you can read about Tyndale, books you can read about Spurgeon, books you can read about great men of God. And I said to Brother Ed and to Sister Ruth, we've heard of Suzanne Wesley's and we've heard of great women of the faith, but we've been blessed to have men of that caliber to influence our lives. We have greetings from Africa, from Edmonton, from Brother Ed Hammermeister, from Brother Dioka. Dad, they wanted to be remembered to you. Thank you for what you've done for them. To greet you, to give them your love, their support. Brother Aaron McGarry, Brother Richard Dioka, Brother Vernon Manahan, men of God around the world have sent in their loving greetings to support you and where the church will be going in the future. 
We look at the church, but across this parking lot is a school for our children. And just a few miles away is a camp for our children. Every one of those milestones were because of one man's vision. And in every one of those cases, I believe it was Brother Kim told me one day, he said, look at the children that went to BCA. Look where they are today. They're sitting in the church. That's a great testimony. That's a great testimony. And to think that these men of God that stand behind me today have left their homes, their families, their churches to rejoice with us in this jubilee that we're having. We've gone from the house to the log church. We've come to this local church that's been our home since 1989. I want to thank the, our personal and our local ministry. deposited so much into my life and into my family's life and into this assembly and they will never be forgotten. Amen. We have trustees. Would you please stand, please? We want to recognize you, men of God that have directed the funds of this church. We have four of them. I know they're around here. Bless you, brethren, for your faithfulness. They don't get paid. And we have our trustees meetings, and they're there a long time sometimes. And then again, we have our precious deacons. Would you stand, please? Why don't you come forward? Stand up. Up there, Brother Marco. Without them, there would be no policing of this church and no personal correction. <laughs> Brother Tom, would you please be quiet in the foyer and take them to your office? <laughs> you have to obey the deacons. We've loved them. They have sacrificed their time. Their burden is for you and for your families. And for our musicians, I think we have the finest on the planet. Yeah. 
We have people you'll never see. And I, I do exactly what Brother Biscoe does. When I don't see them sitting in, I go, where's Jean? What on earth is he doing? He's not in church. No, he's up in the translation booth. There's Spanish, there's French, there's Chinese. And they spend hours in, have you ever walked up there and seen those booths? They're this wide. And they translate these messages so they can go around the world. We want to thank our translators, our sound people, our video people. And really, we do clap, and I so appreciate that. We want to. But, you know, that's all we can do, right? We have amazing sisters in this church that never get recognized, that have worked behind the scenes. They do the flowers. They do the cooking. They do everything. And whenever they, I say, just keep it simple. Don't burn yourself out. But they burn themselves out and have for over, some of them over 35 years. And we want to recognize all the dear sisters of this church, mothers of this gospel. What a wonderful body. And that's why you see how the devil tries to break it up. But look at, we, we announced January when COVID started to break down. In that prayer meeting, we said, Satan, break that border. Break it so our people can get across. And here we are. I would like all the Americans to stand, please. I, I, I deal with uh, camps, and now I've been great. Uh, it's been great. I've been sort of offloading, and Michael's been a, a great help, a gift. <laughs> Offload and carries the burden. We get to camp, and you might get the odd comment, man, we had to wait at the border. What? <laughs> what, for seven days? Some of these brothers have been doing it for over 30 years. Every day, every service, without a complaint. And I want to I lend my voice to you, brothers and sisters. God bless your hue. Amen. I don't want, I, hey, do you, who here, want, you know, put up their hand and said, yeah, 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 I want to take the jab. Did cartwheels. Nope, I don't think anybody here. But you know when I, I, I came out of the hospital, they destroyed every immunity that I had in my body because I had a, an infection in my ankle. And he said, we can't let that grow. We're, we're going to amputate you. And as soon as I could get a vaccine, 
I was willing to. I told my doctor that I'm going across because I have people I love to get there. He said, are you crazy? He said, you're the most vulnerable man on the planet right now. You can't do it. I said, when can I? He says, I'll give you three months and you can come in my office. Well, whatever it is. And then Brother Kim had an opening because the schools were first to get it. And he called me up and he said, we'll get you in there, Brother Tom. There's an opening. I took the chance to do it because I love you people. And people don't want to do it. I don't understand it because I love this man of God and the vision of this local assembly. Catch the vision. Don't divide it. It's a beautiful body. This is your jubilee. That's what I heard the first night. I've been rejoicing in my jubilee. This is my jubilee. You say, well, Brother Tom, you break down and you cry. Well, I'm not crying because I'm sorry. Those are tears of joy. And I've been singing a new song since I heard a preacher preach. Sing a new song. And then, Brother Ron, last night, nothing going to stop this. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Nothing is going to stop this church from going forward. Nothing. Nothing. And by the grace of God, men of God have preached and the scriptures applicable. And now we have, let us be glad, rejoice and give honor to who? For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. I wonder if there's anybody that would stand up and say, I'm sorry that I'm serving Christ. Is there anybody here that's sorry that they've received the message of the hour? No, sir. I am so privileged and honored to stand here this morning, and I feel very small when that's the man should be standing here. So we give God the praise. I've had the honor to stand with him, behind him, and willingly to see this vision go forward. Keep the faith. Take the word. And this morning we're going to hear from one of the greatest men that I know of. It's Brother Tim Pruitt. He has been a friend of mine. He said, we haven't actually even had much time together. But he impacted my life from the very first moment I flew to Edmonton with Brother Biscoll. Brother Ed and Brother Tim Pruitt were taking a convention, and Brother Ed asked me to come along. Brother Tim Pruitt and I went for a long walk. Can you imagine both of us going down for a long walk? And Brother Tim gave me his testimony and has impacted up my life, and he's impacted your lives over these many years. And I do want to thank God for Brother Tim Pruitt and for his vision this morning. 
Tim, why don't you come on out? It's about time you came out. If you don't come out, you get less time. Tim Pruitt, pastor, Louisiana, has preached over this pulpit over 47 times. If you count it up in hours, <laughs> you know, I, I, I started to go over the list this morning. And actually remember probably two-thirds of those messages to him. I said, That's, that thirst quench was outstanding. And then I thought, well, that, that, the people of ascension, I thought that was outstanding. Here comes the bride. Yeah, that was outstanding. Then I just said, they're all outstanding. But how many remember when Brother Tim Pruitt preached on Jesus, name above all names? It lifted us up in heavenly places. We came out of our seats, and God started to move amongst us. God uses men, as we've heard. And God has used Brother Tim Pruitt mightily to be a part of our assembly. I want you to feel at home, Brother Tim, because we love you from the bottom of our hearts. We want him to have liberty to speak what God has put on his heart. Well, I figure... You thought this pulpit would swallow me now. Tell you what, all of those words, I, I don't know whether I should say anything. I've, uh, but anyway, it's a joy to be here. Amen. Amen. What a great God we serve. And what a wonderful people that God has called in this day and hour for us to sojourn along life's journey with. Aren't you glad you're in, in this all by yourself? Amen, that the Lord has given us so many wonderful friends and, and um, just loved ones that we just love with all of our hearts. And we're so happy to be here with you again and celebrate this moment with you. It's a, it's a wonderful moment. And uh, wow, it's um, a milestone that, um, that we ourselves have enjoyed and, and uh, appreciate what the Lord has done. Our own church, Evening Light Tabernacle, has also celebrated 50 years this year. And um, me, the little boy preacher, now 52 years of ministry. So, you know, it's just good to still be serving the Lord together. I, uh, I don't think I can live up to everything that's been said. So I'm not going to even try. I'm just going to be Tim Pruitt and you be you. And Jesus be Jesus. 
Amen. Lord of all. Amen. We're going to go to prayer this morning. I, I want to um, first thank you for your prayers for me and for my family as we um, suffered the loss of my wife and the many, the many uh, prayers on our behalf and calls, Brother Tom and uh, Sister Joanna coming and different ones um, just supporting us and during that difficult time. Also, uh, right now at this moment, perhaps um, in this day, uh, there is uh, Brother Ivan Carr. He is from, uh, has pastored a long time in the church in New Brunswick. He, uh, he and his wife were married 70 years, and she passed away suddenly the other day, and they're having her memorial service today. So um, we just remember those saints there in New Brunswick. Also, Brother Donnie Reagan, we just got a text that his daughter Erica's condition is, they, they are saying, is incurable. His sister Cheryl has had a massive heart attack, and they're removing her from life support today. So we just want to pray for those families. So as we, as we are taking this moment and rejoicing in what the Lord has done, and we uh, know there are others that have some very, very difficult situations going on, and we want to remember them before the Lord today. So let's bow our heads before the throne of grace. Lord Jesus, as we bow before you today, we thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness that is greater than life. And we thank you that we have been called to serve you in this day and this hour. Lord, what a privilege that is to serve you and to serve your people. Thank you, Lord, for this host of, of, of friends and this fellowship, Lord, that have meant so much to many around the world. And as the testimonies have went out and could resound, and if different ones could speak, oh God, they would, they would share in this moment and tell what it's meant to have heard the word and the life-changing uh, things that has happened for them because of the impact of, of, of a, a work of God that has been in this area now, a lighthouse for these 50 years, one that didn't hide it under a bushel, but Lord, they spread out that light around the world. And today there are many testifying that if you had not gone, we would not have been here. And so we thank you, Lord, for the efforts of Cloverdale Bible Way and its pastor, Brother Biscos, its associate ministries, and Lord, oh God, the host of others that have supported the work. Uh, as the scripture said, uh, God gave the word, but great was the company that published it. And we thank you, Lord, for the word that changed our lives and has made us different we thank you, Lord, for your healing touch. Lord, the miraculous that we have witnessed and know you in the power of your resurrection. And Father, we know your servant, Brother Donnie Reagan, and the afflictions that he is in. Lord, the church in New Brunswick, our brother Ivan Carr, 92 years old, still preaching every week, and heralding the light of God, and now his Part of him, he is, he is burying his heart today. I, I pray, Lord, that you'll give him comfort as only you can. 
strengthen the believers around the world. May the Son of Righteousness rise with healing in His wings. Heal those that are brokenhearted and lift them up. And those that are sick in their body and bring deliverance to them. Father, we are here today. And Lord, you remember me this morning. I, I need you, Jesus. I can't do anything without you. Lord, you know I, I don't have any training for this. I have no uh, capabilities of my own. But, Lord, I depend on your inspiration. And, and I'm asking, Lord, that you today will give us utterance to speak your word, Lord. The right word that you once said to this congregation today. As we come in this part of the service, we've heard wonderful words of life already. We, our hearts have been lifted up, oh God, by Brother David Mayer and Brother Timothy Pruitt and last night again, our Brother Ron Spencer and these words that has lifted us up and caused our faith to rise to a new level. Oh God, I pray that today that we'll just accept every divine promise to be ours, Lord, as we look forward to the jubilee of jubilees. When we too will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we will meet our Lord Jesus in the air. Oh God, that place that has been expanded to redeem us. Now, Father, ever need supply today among your children and speak to hearts, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you'll turn with me to Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 1 and... You know, I, I have um, been given a lot of liberty today, and, and um, I want to say thank you for that and for the confidence to minister again here. Uh, it's kind of smote me when I heard the words, uh, 33 years of, of ministry, uh, that 33 years ago, I guess I came here for our first time, and, and um, you know, we... I, that that's a milestone word because Brother Brandon would often talking about 33 years of ministry, and you know, I, I, and as a young boy listening to that, that would smite me. You know, I I wasn't I wasn't but 15 years old when I started preaching the message, and and um, you know, and here in 33 years, and now you know we've come through many dangerous toils and snares. Amen. We've come through very difficult times and troubled waters, but he's been with us every step of the way. And he says, I'll never leave you and I won't forsake you. You're not here fighting alone. Amen. There's somebody bigger than us that is present here this morning. Amen. To speak to your heart, to inspire your life, to lift you up into a higher realm than you've ever walked before. And so may the Lord Jesus do that today by his Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4 and verse 1, And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick of olive gold and with a bowl on the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. And two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and, and the other upon the left side thereof. And 
So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. And then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Amen. God bless you as you take your seats. God bless us as we just look into his word together and enjoy just a moment more in his presence. Fifty years. My, what a milestone. And as I said, we at Even in Light Tabernacle have celebrated 50 years also as a church this year. And I was only a 17-year-old boy preacher. And when I, when I um, started the little church there and, and became the, and now the founding pastor there that has, has continued to work. But I think about the 50 years and what an accomplishment. Month, and that's why we're here today is to celebrate together with you in this very wonderful time. And, uh, you know, from a very humble mission work at the Bible Way House to the Log Church to where we are today, you may wonder, why did we do all of this? You know, each has our own story, but it parallels what the Holy Spirit told Brother Branham when the Spirit of God fell upon a, a Baptist boy. And it was on, in February the 11th, 1961. Because thou hast chosen the narrow path, the harder way. Thou hast walked of thine own choosing. Thou hast picked the correct and precise decision. And it is my way. Because of this momentous decision... A huge portion of heaven awaits thee. And this in itself is that which will give and make thee come to pass the tremendous victory in the love divine. Now, Brother Branham would refer to that and he said, you know, I, I can get part of that all right. said, you had to choose it for yourself. Moses made his own choice. Uh, he didn't have to do it, neither did I have to take this path. I could have went with, had big buildings out yonder like some of them's got. I could have been all across the television. But who would me sponsor me on tearing the very foundation? But one thing, I don't have to bow down to nobody's feet but the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Yes, I preach what the Bible says. I don't have to compromise with their organizations because I don't belong to them. I made the choice. You see, Moses would, he would have his foot upon the throne. And yet, he would, he would look out one day and catch a, a long-range vision. A vision that would be beyond the palaces of Egypt. And when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And uh, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. 
and esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So as we are hearing the words of God to this messenger in this last day, because thou hast chosen the narrow path, the harder way, thou hast walked to thy own choosing, thou hast picked the correct and precise decision, and it is my way. And I think of this, you know, as men have raised up in, the, in this era in time and took on the message that God sent us in this day. And, and as we heard last night, men that could have been great politicians or wealthy businessmen, or they could have done a lot of other things with the talents that God gave them and laid in their lives. But because of this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven awaits thee. Now, you see, because of this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven, you know, if somebody gets the idea that heaven must be portioned off up there somewhere and, and Brother Branham got a bigger part and, and these others, you know, get a bigger part than the rest and maybe because of their choice, they're going to get a little more of heaven and a little more acreage and a little more space. You know, I, I know everybody wants their mansion right by Brother Ron's. He's such a likable, lovable person. You know, but, you know, maybe his acreage, people would think his acreage would be a lot larger and, and spread out. Maybe nobody could get around him and whatever. But, you see, that's not the portion of heaven that awaited Brother Branham. But the portion of heaven consists of the work. And because of his faithfulness to God, because he wouldn't go the route of denomination, you see, the, the, the word, the book was open to him. Amen. Its seals was taken off. We know it was taken off by the Lamb, but it was handed down to the seventh angel on earth. And those seven thunders which were sealed up in silence would be revealed. And so, again, as we're thinking of that, you know, again today, because we have chosen the harder way. A huge portion of heaven is ours. A huge portion of the word. Hallelujah. Amen. Luther would have a part and Wesley would have a part and Azusa Street would have a part. But God didn't give you a part. He gave you a huge portion. A huge portion of heaven that awaits you because of your decision to choose the narrow path, the harder way. And this is what was delivered to men like Brother Biscoll, to Brother Tom Ray, and not to Michael Ray, and to, to, to us here today, to these men on the platform, to you out here in the congregation. A huge portion of heaven has been given to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Not a dip of the Spirit, not a measure of the Holy Ghost, but the fullness of God being revealed to a people in the end time. 
God reserving something very, very wonderful for you to enjoy heaven's best. You know, we're reading in the book of Zechariah where the Jews had returned from the diaspora down in Babylon. And they had returned now back to their homeland. And they had a job, and that job was to rebuild the temple, to bring back true worship again. Amen. You know, again, it was um, here that we saw in our reading that Zechariah is awakened. He is wakened. Now, he wasn't asleep. Did you understand me? He was not asleep. It was like a man awakened out of his sleep. You see, he was physically, he was awake, but God was awakening him. He was showing him things that were right there, but unseen to the naked eye. And when he is awakened, he begins to see things that he could not see before. You know, this is exactly what has happened to us in this generation. We are a people that have been awakened out of a sleep. Hallelujah. Because of this spiritual awakening, we are able to see things other ages never could see. Even things that were in the Bible but now not understood until this end time because of an awakening. It's the awakening of the bride. When he's awakened and he, he looks over and he sees seven golden candlesticks. What did you see when you were awakened? You saw there was seven ages. Seven messengers. Seven stars in the hand of Jehovah. Hallelujah. Shining a pathway to the Lamb who would take the book and loose the seals and open it all up for your understanding. A huge portion of heaven given to you. What you are hearing preached from this church, and I'm not even talking about my sermon. I'm talking about service after service. Baptists don't know. Methodists don't know. Pentecostals don't know. They are still preaching from a closed book. But you are hearing the words. Hallelujah. Amen. Of your entire inheritance that God promised for a bride in this end time. A huge portion. A huge portion given to you. A huge portion delivered to us. Because we had a messenger that didn't, that didn't choose the easy way. Because we had men like Brother Bisco that didn't choose the easy way, the wealthy way, the politician way. I said to Brother Ron last night after he walked off, I said, and he said what things he said about me. And I said, I don't know how I can ever live up to all of this. But I just said one word to him. He knows. I said, politician. 
talk about governor. A Teddy Roosevelt. A president. But what was it? One day, Ron Spencer got awakened. One day on a log, Ed Bisco got awakened. One day in this church, you got an awakening. One day because somebody put a tape in your hand, you had an awakening. Each have your own testimonies of where you were when you got awakened. But God didn't leave you asleep. I said, God didn't leave you asleep. He opened your eyes to things that people of all other ages longed to see that John wanted to write it and tell us and spill the beans. And he said, don't do it. It's reserved to an end time people. A huge portion of heaven awaits them. No wonder we can have a jubilee. Hallelujah. When the Lamb took the book, amen, all heaven had a jubilee. Well, how can the world, can we have the book open to us and it not give us the same kind of response? A jubilee, a liberty, a freedom. This is my land. This is my place. Hallelujah. This is my book. This is my truth. This is my message. Seven candlesticks. They're all lit by a special fire. Did you hear what I said? They're all lit by a special fire. We're seeing, we're seeing something, a light that others aren't seeing. Lit by a special fire. First the priest would take the fire from the sacred altar that was lighted by the fire of God. And then he would light, he would light first of all the lamp that was sitting on the top of the bowl. Then he, would, he lit the second lamp from the flame of the first lamp. And the third received his fire from the second lamp. The fourth received it from the third and so on until all seven lamps were burning. Hallelujah. Do you know where you're at? Do you know what we're seeing? Not a partial light, but all, all seven lights are revealing the Son of Man, the Word, standing in the midst of the church. This holy fire from the altar being passed from lamp to lamp is a wonderful type of the Holy Spirit in the seven church ages. The original outpouring of Pentecost, which outpouring came direct from Jesus on the mercy seat. The fire from heaven came down to 120 in the upper room. Hallelujah. Amen. And it would light the first message and the first messenger. And then that one would light the next. And that one would light the next. And that one would light the next. Hallelujah. Not a different Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Showing that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Where then you have a huge portion of heaven given to you. The light of the day is the same Pentecostal outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's the same gospel that Paul preached. It's not a new message. It is the original message. It comes from the original fire. Amen. Luther, you know, Luther would, Brother Brandon would talk about himself. He said, I'm a gatherer of the loose ends. Thought a lot about that. Luther received a strand of truth, and it was called justification. Wesley would receive another thread of truth, and it would be called sanctification. And then Azusa received a strand of it, and its gifts of the spirits were restored. And each one with their strand thought that was it. Each one with their little cord thought, we got the message. The message is this. The message is justification. And Wesley would say, no, it's sanctification too. And Azusa Street would say, but, but you've got to have the, the gifts of the Spirit. All, all of these others, each one building there with their little strand. But God didn't give you just a strand. He would take truths. Strands of truth from here, strands of truth from there. Brother Branham was a plagiarist, they say. Let me tell you something. It wasn't their message. It was God's message. And he simply wove it into one message. You know, it's, it's a, you know it kind of reminds me of Ten men that are describing an elephant. You know, one, they're blind men, you know, and so they're trying to describe the elephant. And, and one gets a hold of the tail and said, an elephant's a rope. Another gets a hold of the, the leg and said, you're, you're crazy, it ain't a rope at all. I tell you, I can, I can out-argue this, this right here. Let me just show you. I'll use all of this and, and prove to you it's a tree trunk. Rest, you know, another said, well, I got a hold of the tush, and, and the tush, you know, and it's, it's something slick, and, and it has a point to it, and, and it's like that. That's what an elephant is. Another would say, oh, no, 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 it's a, a big wall. It's a big leathern wall. I, I can feel it. And all of them were describing part of the elephant. But when an awakening came to a prophet of God in this day and hour, we're not just seeing the tail and we're not seeing the wall and we're not seeing the trunk where it touched. We see the whole picture from Genesis to Revelation from what was in the mind of God to now. A huge portion 
of heaven given to you. That's what this jubilee is about. A huge portion. And because a message had been given from God to faithful men, this message has not stopped. Around the world it has went. Men with no agenda on their own. Men without a desire to build a personal kingdom. But men to whom an open book was given. A huge portion of heaven. Now we have other men that walked to their own choosing and tried to build a kingdom with it and they're going to bring clarity to the message and they got their own little agenda and build their own kingdom. But God raised up faithful men. They could have built a kingdom like that too. They had the gift, the talents, the abilities. They had their foot on the palace doors steps to the palace and chose to suffer the reproach with the children of God and stay faithful. And because of this, because of this, don't miss this, this in itself is bringing about the tremendous victory in the love divine. Amen, the the tremendous victory in the Holy Ghost. Amen, to present to Christ a bride without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. As Brother Branham said, in souls that are in prison now, if if this is the time and we've arrived at that place, I'm not ashamed of what I have preached. And if each minister has to stand with his congregation and be judged, as I saw in the vision, I'm thankful for the gospel I preached. Because it's the same gospel that Paul and them preached. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what Brother Branham would be able to say. Each minister will stand with his congregation. What an award banquet that's going to be. Brother Branham said in one of his messages in 1956, we pray for every need of the church. We pray for our beloved pastor. Oh, God, faithful servant, never tiring, always ready to go. Speak to his heart today and let him know there's a great reward waiting for those faithful pastors when they gather yonder on the other side with all the redeemed. I just want to be standing close by. When a call goes out, Ed Biscoff, And a little wife comes up and takes him by the arm as they walk into eternity together, climb those stairs and stand there and say, well done, my good and faithful servant.
see, a huge portion of heaven awaited Brother Biscoe. A huge portion of heaven awaited me, these other ministers here. A huge portion of heaven awaited you. You see, this was God's message. Yes, Brother Branham was a messenger in that sense. Was a, it was his message, but in reality, it was never his message. It was God's message. The message of Jesus Christ. And now it is our message. Amen. Moses did not receive the tablets of stone written from the hand of God. It was Israel receiving that covenant. Come on, help me. Think about it for a moment. It wasn't just, Moses was just a representative. Israel was receiving a covenant with God, tablets of stone. Moses couldn't say, this, this, these are my, this is my stone. Nobody can, I got the copyright. Nobody else dare. It wasn't his. And this message was never Brother Branham's. It's our message. It's your message. It's the message of the king. Amen. Moses was as one of, of, of the Israelites received it on their behalf, but it was never his. The sword. Let me carry you a little further. The sword up in Sabina Canyon, that when he lifted his hands up and he catches a, a sword that is in his hand, he was told it was the king's sword. Amen. You see, it was the third phase of his ministry. Not another gift of healing for the sickness of the flesh, but a gift of, for the healing of the sickness of the church. We had, a, we had a wrinkled and a spotted church, spotted with every kind of denominational creed, trinity doctrines, and ideas of man. Is that right? Amen. We didn't need another gift of divine healing. Amen. The, the other was already sufficient. It opened the eyes of the blind. It, it, it cast out devils. It delivered the knees. What we needed was a healing of the spiritual body. Where that there could be a bride. A people adorned for the bridegroom. So yes, the voice of God sounded through the messenger. But God's voice is not singular. People don't get that. They want to make a personality call to the messenger. Or men. Brother Bisco could have been a personality cult leader. He had the gift. He had the talent. Brother Ron Spencer could be. Many others could be. Others have. But you see, God's voice is not singular. 
Amen. And if one day time tarries and Brother Biscoe's voice is silenced, God won't be through speaking. Amen. Because his voice is not a singular voice. It's a voice of many waters. It's a voice of great multitudes. Hallelujah. Brother Brandon said, what is his voice? It's the voice of ministers through the Holy Spirit that has cried out to the people in every age standing there. The voice of many waters cried out, thickness, multitude, the voice of those seven stars in his hand to every church age, preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptism in Jesus' name, speaking in tongues, the power of God, the resurrection of Christ, the second coming divine judgment, the voice of many waters that came from this one that looked like the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Amen. You look back over 50 years, you have been hearing the Son of Man speaking. Christ speaking. Preparing a people for his name's sake. Encouraging you to take the harder way. The narrow way. But you have to make your own choice to do it. Nobody can make you do it. And you can't do it because your grandpa did it. Or your favorite preacher did it. It's got to be your choice. And then when it does, then you too become a voice. Did you hear what I said? Then you too become a voice. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we saw the family of Brother Biscoe up here and his grandkids. That was a voice. It was a witness. It was a testimony. Amen. And Paul would look out to his congregation and he said, You are my epistles. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, he says, and then at the days of the rewards are given out, God's standing, God's standing there. I hope I'm standing near with my hands up screaming to see him place the crown upon your head and be crowned as his jewels in his kingdom. You see, of his fullness we have received grace upon grace. You see, the supply is from the olive tree itself, and it's unlimited. That's why I'm speaking today of a jubilee of unlimited resources. Hallelujah. It never runs out. It's tapped into the olive tree itself. Amen. It can never run out of oil. Amen. You see, it's grace that is given. It's grace for the completion. Did you notice grace given for the completion? It's grace upon grace. 
Double grace. More grace. Not less favor. More favor. Because of this decision, this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven awaits you. Grace. Upon grace. Favor upon favor. Not a little favor. All my favor. Grace given for the completion. The coming headstone is unlimited grace. The grace to complete. The grace is given. I want you to get these points here just for a moment. The grace is given to complete every believer. And that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the individual capstone that seals you and God together as a unit. And he becomes your head. It's where you, the individual, give Christ the preeminence. That's the Holy Ghost. You see, again, that is grace upon grace. Other ages would receive a dip of the Spirit, as Brother Branham would describe it. Wesley, Luther, a dip, a portion. But now his fullness being poured out. You see, the Bible says, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. So for the last 2,000 years, he's been pouring it out. Pouring it out. Pouring it out. Portion given to Luther and Wesley and on down. But this is the day he empties it into a people. Of his fullness we have received grace for grace. Grace upon grace. The capstone revelation. We have received it. What was needed to complete the mystery truths? Voices of seven thunders that John would write them or go to write them and be told, silence them. These are not to be made known to the days of the seventh angel. And when he begins to sound his message, when you come into that last phase of the end time, when it's the coming of Christ, we are going to, we're going to hear seven voices of thunder speaking out that will reveal what was only symbols known before, but written in the word, but reserved for an end time people. And I'm going to break the silence to those people. It's not going to start a time of silence. It's going to end the silence. What I've silenced for thousands of years and I've held back and I've reserved it to the last time. I've got a greater portion of heaven. I'm going to give a people. You know why? So that that which will come to pass will bring the great victory in the Holy Ghost. Bringing about the jubilee of the jubilees, the resurrection of the dead, amen, and the change of our bodies and meeting the Lord in the air. 
Oh, Brother Tim preaches mysteries. I don't like mystery preachers. I don't. Because when they get through, it's still all a mystery. I like the revelation to be preached, the truth. It's not the time of the veiling of God, it's the unveiling of God. When God is revealing himself to a people. Are you with me? Amen. So you see, it's the grace that's, a, that's to complete his church. And, and, and so it's a, it, was, it was things that God reserved to the end time people right here in these last days. You know why? To finish up the mysteries of God. To reveal completely to you, to open up the book. If it was like a book like this, it would have seven straps on it. And these seven straps would be taken back and then you could see what was inside. But it was scrolls and they were rolled up. And they were sealed, each one of them sealed. And there was a mystery there and a symbol and nobody knows what it means. It's kind of like it was in the days of Daniel when God wrote something, but we didn't know what it meant. It was written in unknown tongues. It's there. We can see it. Many, many tickle your farsen. Well, what does that mean? So it's all in symbols. And, it may, and you say, well, this theologian, Matthew Henry, said, well, that means this, this, this. And another comes and he guesses and he says, you know, with Swiss's apocalypse, he said, oh, no, it means this, this, this. And everybody's guessing what it means. They're just guessing. They're probing at the book. They're trying to understand. They're trying to pry in and see, whoa, whoa, what is in here? What, what is there? What's beyond them seals? What's inheritance that lays there? And nobody knows till a prophet comes. And when the prophet comes out, he says, oh, yeah, I said, this means you are weighed in the balance and you are found wanting. Now then, it's no more a mystery. Amen. We can still look and we can see the symbol, but now we know what the symbol means. We saw a white horse, a red, a black, a pale, souls under the altar. We saw, uh, you know, all of the white robed ones. We saw 144,000. We saw all kinds of things, but we don't know what it means till a prophet comes on the scene. And the boy, oh, he would have made an awful mistake himself. Because he was trying to probe in the book. But about that time, he, the one who wrote, the one who wrote the book, loosed the seals, revealed the mystery, and gave you understanding and brought about an awakening. I was grace upon grace. The grace to complete his church, it still lays ahead. Let me get it again. 
You, the individual, are capped off with God himself. The church, the mystery to the church is capped off with God himself, not another denomination or theologian spouting off his wisdom, but God himself speaking out. Then the church will be capped off with the meeting in the air. Now, so as we look at this for a moment, when Jesus Christ, the headstone of the church, comes to receive us in that great meeting in the air, that again will be grace upon grace. So we must be finishers. We are people that are to bring forth the king. We are the people to finish. We are the finishers. The capstone. This is a capstone with the Holy Ghost. Not a portion of the Spirit, not a tongue, not a gift of the Spirit. The person himself. Are you with me? Amen. Not, not, not just um, a guess at what this means and that means, but God himself coming, speaking, revealing. And it's grace upon grace. And then the meeting in the air. The coming groom to complete the coming bride. We must be finishers. Now we cannot be like those who were given a land and and failed to possess it. This was Israel when they were brought out of Egypt, which is a really type of us, you know, coming out of denominations. And, and there in the uh, book of Judges, we, we read these powerful words that, uh, that, that always alarms me when I read it. And it says, neither, neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Beth Sheehan. And it would go on down, neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelled in Gezer. But the Canaanites dwelled there and strong among them. Neither did Zebulun, neither did Asher, neither did, the, neither did Naphtali. And he would go right down along the line. And the Ammonites would force the children of Dan into the mountain and would not suffer them to come down in the valley. Can you imagine? The land God gave them and they were failing to possess it all. And yet he said, I'll be with you, and I'll send my angel before you, and, and I've given you this land, and it's yours. I'll drive them out before you. And gave them all the promises. I'll be with you. And they failed to possess everything God said. And the same, the same was true. You know, as we look at this sad state of affairs where God say, I gave you this land. It is your inheritance. You must possess it. Amen. You talk about a jubilee on every 50th year or whatever. Let me tell you, the, the coming into the land, the blowing of the trumpets around Jericho. Are you with me? Was proclaiming liberty. The seals are about to be taken off. 
Amen. The walled cities are coming down. And when it comes down, the whole land is going to be open to us. It was the jubilee trumpet being heard through the land. We have come to liberate you from the Amorites and the Perizzites and, and the Canaanites. We've come to bring a liberty. We're here to liberate the land. We're going to have a place. It won't be Egypt, but we'll be able to serve Jehovah. We'll offer up to him our offerings. We'll have our temple here. We'll have our worship here. So it was to let freedom ring through the land, but to do that, you must possess it. The same is true of those who would not accept the freedom. Let me just share this quotation from the second seal. In the Old Testament, when a man had been sold to slavery, there come a, a, a year of jubilee every 50 years, 49th year, and then a year of jubilee. And when a slave heard this and he wanted to go free, there isn't nothing that can keep him going, from going free. He can throw down his hoe and say, so long. Go back home. The trumpet sounded. But if he didn't want to go and he's satisfied with his slave master, then he's taken into the temple and they've taken all, you know what an all is, and they pierced his ear and put a hole in his ear and it's a mark that he can never go back. Is that right? He has to serve his, this master all the time. I don't care how many more times the jubilee sounds, whatever happened, he absolutely has sold out his birthright of being free. You say, Brother Tim, that ain't possible here. Oh, yes, it is. You can sit right there in your pew and you can refuse the liberty, the freedom, the joy to possess your inheritance. There's no reason why our children can't be filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no reasons why our moms and dad can't be overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. There is no reason that we should be limited in any way. The whole land lays before us. Every promise. Every word. Brother Branham goes on to say, and when a man turns down the gospel truth, Satan marks him. Wear at his ear and he deafens him that he can't hear the truth no more. And he's finished. And he stays with that group he's with if he won't hear the truth. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth makes free. God marks his when they come. God marks his by vindicating his promised word through him. That's exactly John 14, 12 and other thing. If you want to put it down, Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, wait just a minute. Was he joking? Did he just mean the apostles as some would tell us? Or did he mean just Brother Branham 56 years ago or back there in the divine healing move? You know, uh, again, let me, let me just tell you, when, when the third phase of his ministry was shown, it showed what lay in the Word. Yeah. 
Is that right? What lays in the Word is healing for the sick. Amen. Let the tumor disappear from me to Branham. Hallelujah. Amen. What lays in, the, in this Word? What lays in our inheritance? It's unlimited. Somebody hear me preach. It's unlimited. Amen. What can it do? It can create squirrels. I don't need a new squirrel. I need a new body. Hallelujah. It can calm the storms in your life, in your marriage, in your home. Come on, somebody. It'll do more than controlling a Colorado storm. It'll control the storm in your life. I'm talking about the power of this word. Hallelujah. And it'll save your children, Hattie Wright. All you've got to do is have the right response back and say it's nothing but the truth. of heaven resurrection life new body creation salvation for our children coming of the storms hallelujah healing for the body it's all there Lord and God, no wonder we can have a jubilee. We've had an awakening. We see something. We see the power of the word. I'll just take that for a moment. Was he joking? Did he just mean the, the apostles as some would tell us? Let's read the background. Go into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. It's not one-third of the way you have yet made it. The signs shall follow in all the world to every creature. Wherever this gospel is preached, these signs shall follow them that believe. Not just one little handful. Like a fellow one time said, God only gave me, gave uh, the 12 apostles gifts of healing. Many of the brethren sit right here. When he raised up to say that, wow, he got enough of it in a few minutes. So now notice all the world to every creature, these signs shall follow 
Don't take Satan's unbelieving mark. I, you know, I, I'm sorry to say it, but there are people in these 50 years that once sat on the pews with you that took Satan's unbelieving mark. Look what it did to them. Look what it's done to their families. Look what it's done to their lives. A huge portion of hell awaited them. Hope nobody brought rotten cabbage and <laughs> eggs and stuff to throw around today. But I'm just telling you, that's exactly what it does. You step away from the Word of God, and it's like walking and stepping into a bottomless pit. You begin to tumble and roll and tumble as one going through space and down, 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 down. And you can see lives that are spiraled downward because of the choice. And you look around and see how you've been blessed because you chose the harder way. The narrow path. But God said it was my choosing. You chose what I chose for you. Don't take Satan's unbelieving mark. He'll put that on you if he can. He'll poke you up against the wall and you'll walk out and say, oh, I don't know about that. You go home and study it and then be sincere and because everything is too perfectly scriptural in this hour, this sacred hour of time. It's been, it's done been for the years proved and come right up to it and this is the hour and this is the time. And now don't let him poke that in your ear. Oh, Brother Tim, we should study that so we could have an argument on Facebook and we could, don't let him poke that in your ear. It isn't worth your time. Like I've said, you know, I, I, people want to argue about the cloud today. You know, it's something, you know, after the messenger's been gone for longer than he was here. And now, you know, we, we have now moved in, into a, another time where many of the witnesses that was there in his meetings are gone. And now Satan comes with his whispers. Oh, this and that and this and that. Where were they back then? I was there. Where were they? I was there, 11-year-old boy sitting about as far from here, about that fourth or fifth row back there from Brother Branham when he's preaching on the wings of a snow-white dove. You know what I did that year? I turned 11 years old. I, had a, got a, I asked for a Bible with my name on it and asked for a, new, for a suit. I didn't own a suit. I was getting ready to preach then. 
and I hear a prophet talk about things in that meeting. And I know there's a, there's a little sister there that could witness Brother Tim. I, you know, she's a, she's a woman that when I was like five, six years old, I might sit with in church and lay my head down on her shoulder and go to sleep. And she would say, he called me by name. He never knew who I was. I never met him in my life. I knew when he called her by name and told her her affliction, I knew there was somebody there besides William Branham. Because a man didn't know those things. And I say, if you've got an argument with this message, your argument is not with me or William Branham, either one. It's with the angel of God. It's with Jesus Christ himself. Because he said, I, Jesus, testify of these things. And service after service, he testified. Like I said, they want a question about the cloud. And I had in, you know, in my home, Edmund and Ruth Way comes. And they sit down and, and they, they put up chairs in our living room. And now, Brother Branham was speaking here. Me and Edmund was here. And this was here. And they were singing this. And that happened. And Edmund dies of a, a heart attack. And I'm a nurse. And he had no pulse. And there it was. And I, I was saying, oh, my husband. And Brother Branham said, now, everybody be still now just a moment. And he comes down. And he said, don't get excited here. He lays hands on him and said, God, let our brother live. And he rises up to live and preach many more times. So what's that got to do with the cloud? Well, the first time Brother Branham brings a magazine out and he shows the cloud picture in the Life magazine and shows it everywhere like here before his congregation, in that same service, Edmund Way drops dead. And God, whatever he said, whatever he said about the cloud, didn't upset God any. Because God came right down and confirmed it. Raised a man from the dead. Are you with me? So, you know, save your argument for me after you raise the dead. After God vindicates you time after time after time after time. Don't let him poke that in your ear. It isn't worth your time. It's not worth your energy. We've got a bigger job than that. We have a huge portion of heaven. We don't have a minute time to hear what hell has to say about this message. We have heard from heaven. 
And I don't know what it did for you, but it turned me heavenly. And that's what it's done to every born again woman, man, woman, boy, or girl. It turned their lives around and turned them heavenly. Hallelujah. We're in the Jubilee of Jubilees. This is the last Jubilee. And it sounds until even the dead in Christ will shake off the shackles of death and rise free from corruption. And we who are alive and remain will do the same. We will throw down our hoe and never slave again to this corruption. Jubilee meaning 50 years or 50 days means 50, seven weeks or seven weeks of years. Israel would leave Egypt on the way to the promised land and they would slay the Passover lamb. And then 50 years or 50 days later, you know, here they come, you know, the story. They come to the Red Sea. They come all the way up. They come to Mount Sinai, to the Mount of God. Think of that. Think of that. Fifty days after the Passover, they come to the Mount of God. And, and there, at the, on their 50th day after leaving Egypt, that came their Pentecost. It was their jubilee. And it was on Mount Sinai where God would write the law upon tables of stone. And there God made a covenant with Israel. Is that right? The Jews would say there at Mount Sinai, God took Israel for wife. He entered into a covenant with her. He was calling a people for his name. And he brought them out of Egypt and took them there through the seven weeks. And on the 50th day at the Mount of God, he comes and he delivers the law. And he writes it in tables of stone. Can you imagine how valuable that would have been? You got collections and souvenirs and things people sent and things you've done, whatever else. But here, Moses is carrying the law written by the finger of God, the pillar of fire, lasering out every word of this covenant. And there he would enter into covenant with Israel. And there, Israel's rebellion. Are you with me? I mean, their rebellion had turned from a people worshiping God to a people who who would say, it's these calves, it's these golden calves, it's this that brought us up out of of Egypt. So so easy was their, their hearts turned to rebellion. Are you with me? Amen. And then, of course, you know what would happen. Moses, in his anger, he would smash them to pieces. 
something he's been carrying so carefully right down with all his up next to his heart and he sees the rebellion of the people and he smashes it down and it goes in the smithereens. And the covenant is broken. And it brings about a plague and there's 3,000 that dies. It was a covenant of death, an administration of death. It was a law man couldn't keep. He could never make himself perfect by all his works of how he tried to do this and tried to do that. And, and, and yet they couldn't. But you know, that was the first jubilee, the first celebration of jubilee after the Passover that had happened down in Egypt. And now they've traveled seven weeks. And as they have journeyed along, here they come. And then, and then you know, there would be Again, a repeat of all of this. A couple of millenniums later, the true lamb would come. Is somebody with me now? The true lamb would come. Not a woolly lamb, not a substitute, not a partial word, but the fullness of the Godhead in a body. The full word of God would come to a people and God would be made flesh and dwell among us. And he would do that to become the lamb. He would be fully human yet fully God. He's no second person of the Trinity. He's no junior God. He's God himself. A house that God made, a body he made and come and lived in it, dwelt in it, walked here upon the earth. And because it came out of God, you know, because it came birthed by the Word, it was called the Son of God. And here God would walk among us. And as an obedient lamb, he would submit himself to the will of God to pay redemption's price. I didn't plan to go here, but let me go here just a minute. As a lamb. He's also called and typed out in the Old Testament as a scapegoat. And as a scapegoat, they would let one lamb go or one, one goat go and the, and, and the other would become... It would become the one where the high priest would take all the sins of the people and put it on this goat, on this kid. I'm talking about a little kid. And then they would lead it out into the wilderness. And they would leave this little kid out in the wilderness. And there... In the wilderness, this little kid would be left alone. Somehow his caretaker, the priest that carried it into the wilderness, would let it get to maybe eating on something, get something, get his attention, and he'd slip away. And he'd leave him alone and abandoned and all by itself. And 
They're like without a shepherd if it's blade and scream, you know, don't leave me alone. Don't, don't leave me. Where, where are you? Where are you? Looking for, looked around and the one who led him in the wilderness is now gone. And now his cries, his screams attracts the wild beast. And now, whether it's a wolf or a tiger or a bear or whatever, they're drawn to the cries of this goat. And it gets, it gets devoured and torn and ripped apart. And the other was just as much of a goat, but he was let go free. Think about that. You were the sinner. Come on now. You were the sinner. But you got to go free. But he went to hell in your place. He got there, had to go alone. Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And there he's, oh, you talk about ripped apart there at Calvary. It was nothing like the anguish that he went through as the scapegoat. Wherever sickness, ever disease, ever affliction, ever cancer, everything ripped at him. Pain upon pain, anguish upon anguish. Oh, brother, he didn't just suffer in cross, on the cross. He went to hell in your place. And all, with all the whippings you should have got. The hell you should have got. Amen. He took that in your place. Hallelujah. So you can have a jubilee. So you can be let go. So you can go free. But oh, hallelujah, that was only making up for, making ready for a jubilee of jubilees. Hallelujah, because it comes now to that third day. And he begins to change from the sacrificial goat to the mighty conqueror. Hallelujah, there's a change. He's taken it all. He's taken all the anguish. He's taken all the burden. He's taken all the pain. He's taken your sickness. But on the third day, he rose up, triumphant, hallelujah, triumphant over cancer, triumphant over tuberculosis, triumphant over every disease, every affliction. The mighty conqueror said, Satan, I've come this day not anymore as a kid. Not anymore as a sacrifice, but as the king of kings. Give me the keys to your house. I have conquered death, hell, and the grave. That's why this morning your sickness is conquered. Your trouble is conquered. And the hell you should have got, it awaits every cancer, every disease, every anxiety, every spirit. But 
but for you a huge portion of heaven awaits. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. We ought to be able to worship God. And say we are dealing with a defeated enemy. Hallelujah. We don't even have to defeat him. He's already defeated. There on that day, that day he rose from the dead. The Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb. Seven weeks later would come the 50th day. The Bible said in the day of Pentecost was fully come. You see, the seven weeks were now completed from the Passover. <laughs> Amen. And there was 120 in the upper room. Amen. It wasn't one prophet on Mount Sinai now. Come on now. There's 120 in an upper room. And they're waiting on the abstract to come that clears their deed. Is somebody with me? Hallelujah. And there on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Amen. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Cloven tongues of fire came upon them. What was God doing? He was taking a wife, a New Testament bride. Come on now. Are you with me? And he doesn't write the law in tablets of stone, but he writes them in the heart, in your nature. You say, Brother Tim, why don't you just quit? I can't quit. It ain't in my nature to quit. Why don't you give up? It ain't in my nature to give up. Why don't you go back into sin? It ain't my nature to sin. A law has been written in my heart. Hallelujah. His nature, his law, the pillar of fire came down and changed my heart forever. Forever. I can no longer, I can't go back. I can't go back. I won't go back. There's no desire to go back. You can take the whole world. You can take fame and fortune. You can offer me anything. I won't sell out. I won't quit. I won't turn my back. I'm going forward. Oh, uh, Brother Tim, after 52 years of ministry, aren't you about ready to quit? No, I'm about like Paul, John Paul Jones. I have just now begun to fight. You ain't seen nothing yet, devil. That's what Cloverdale Bible we ought to be saying. You ain't seen nothing yet. We are finishers. 
We've got a race set before us. And that a huge portion of heaven has been given us. His law is in our heart. And there, instead of 3,000 dying, 3,000 were added to the kingdom of God. Because it's a covenant of life. It's not just for me. It's not just for my church. But it's for around the world. A multitude without number. A people called for his name's sake. You see, if you can take your seats just a minute, I'll preach just a little longer. That was wonderful, wasn't it? To think about that Pentecost, that 50 days, that Jubilee. My, they come out of that upper room. They, the word had been revealed to them. Amen. This is that which the prophet Joel spoke out. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and my daughters shall prophesy. Are you with me? Amen. What was that? It was God pouring out his spirit. Hallelujah. He couldn't pour it out in the old denominational bags. Amen. They were all crackled and everything else. Are you with me? Amen. But he had to have some new wineskins. Hallelujah. Because he was going to pour out into them some new wine. Wine like nobody else had ever seen. Amen. Stimulation of revelation. Quickening power. That they were speaking in, in unknown tongues or known tongues in other languages. As the Spirit would give them utterance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And here they come out of that upper room, brother, with that new wine bubbling up on the inside of them. And it was bubbling up and it wouldn't stay dazed, it wouldn't stay in them. They, they couldn't contain it and they were swelling out and stretching with it. Hallelujah. And they come, one come running by the gate called beautiful. A couple of them and said, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I get, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. They gave their lives. They burn up the world. They were the starters. And you're the finishers. I hope you're connected. But you see, all of that was only speaking of a greater Pentecost. Now, we could accept it back there when that up on Mount Sinai was only prophesying of a greater Pentecost. But now this in Acts 2, that day of Pentecost was only prophesying of another Pentecost. The Pentecost of Pentecost. The Jubilee of Jubilees. 
somebody with me now? Amen. So as we think of it for a moment, what happened back there 2,000 years ago? And the Passover lamb was slain. People are still looking back in that and saying, glory to God, the Passover lamb was slain. But now we have journeyed seven Sabbaths, seven church ages. And now the day of Pentecost is fully come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The day of Pentecost is fully come where I will finish what I started. I'll have a bride of people for my namesake. Oh, hallelujah. And they too are going to be recipients of new wine. And it'll, stomach, it'll come out of them. It'll burst out of them. It'll raise the dead. It'll heal the sick. It'll deliver God's people. Seven Sabbaths. Seven church ages. And now his jubilee trumpet is being heard through the land. Are you, are you hearing me now? Being heard through the land. And it's time to sound it into every corner. Take this, this time to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. We got a job to do. You see, it is the time of marriage. Pentecost is a time of marriage where God enters into covenant. You said, Brother Timmy, he doesn't, he doesn't enter into a covenant with us. Well, what happened there in, the, in Revelation 10 where the mighty angel lifts up his hand to heaven and he swears by him that liveth forever and ever. What is he doing? He's making a covenant. He is saying, I'm committed to the job. I'm committed to getting the bride and the rapture. I'm committed to finishing the work. I pledge all of heaven. I pledge all I am. The marriage of the Lamb has come. Not his fiancée. Not just an espoused woman, but a woman who is now taken on his name, who has checkbook authority. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose it in heaven. All of heaven is behind you. Hallelujah. A woman who is not like Esther, who realized, you know, she was a woman who become married, but we got to come to the point that we realize that we are not just someone he is courting. I want you to get this. What, what, what are you writing up here? 
I heard as it was the voice of a great multitude, as a voice of many waters, as a voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Do do you hear what we are hearing? Do Do you hear what he's saying? I heard the voice of a great multitude. Your your voice is in that voice. The voice of the ministry is in that voice. Brother Branham's voice is in there. Amen. The voice of a great multitude. It's the voice of many waters, the voice of mighty thunderings. You see, in the past, Abraham was that voice. But he didn't know he was prophesying of you. And it laid in the Bible a mystery. Oh, it's a nice story about the Jewish race. No, it was a prophecy. It was the prophecy. And you are the interpretation. Hallelujah. And thundering out of all the scripture from the old to the new, whether it be Mary Magdalene, whether it be Peter and John at the gate called Beautiful, no matter who it is, whether it was Jesus himself, you see, it's a voice of a great multitude as a voice of mighty thunder and saying, Hallelujah. The Lord God Almighty, the word reigneth. Hallelujah, the word reigneth. Finally, we come down to the age where the word reigns supreme. Preeminence is found in a people. Let us be glad and rejoice for the what? Marriage. I'm not courting anymore. The decision is made, the ring has been revealed. A predestinated, unmerited grace slipped on your finger before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. The la- oh, let me just say, behold the Lamb's wife. Not his girlfriend. Not his fiance. Not just someone chosen. But someone who has taken on his name, who identifies with him. She too is a word cried. A woman who has his identity. A woman who has his name. A woman is bringing forth his lie. Not little Baptist, not little Methodist, not little Pentecostal, but his wife bringing forth his offspring. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, life of his life, power of his power. Hallelujah. You see, Esther had been chosen and even crowned queen, but she didn't recognize her position. You can actually have been chosen and and come down. Can you imagine this? It's hard to wrap your mind around. A woman who is now entered into, she's the queen, and she's still behaving like a servant. Listen, let me tell you, in this jubilee, you're going to have to shed yourself, get rid of the slave mentality. 
You are no longer a slave. A man of slave thinks like a slave. He doesn't act like, like someone who's an owner. Are you with me? Amen. Let, let me tell you, friends, that this is where God has called us in this hour, not to be slaves anymore, thinking like slaves. Behold, you know, oh, yeah, I've got to live in these rags, and I've got to have this sickness, and I've got to have this problem. You are the Lamb's wife. A huge portion of heaven is yours. Hallelujah. If I need healing, healing's in the book. If I need a miracle, miracle's in the book. If I need tongues, it's in the book. Whatever I need is in the book. It all lays in the land. Through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, at the heel of at the heel of foreskins, the reproach of Egypt has been rolled off of you. The reproach of Egypt, no longer a slave. You don't have to behave like a slave. You don't have to eat just a little, like a slave. You don't have to just take a little portion. You don't have to dress in, a, in rags like a slave. You're not a slave. You're the lamb's wife. Oh, you say, Brother Tim, that wicked Haman, he's been doing this and this and that. You're the queen. Go tell the king. wanting too little. You're not expecting enough. You are limited in the God of Israel. Ruth, a Moabitess, wrong race, defeated people. Are you with me? Come from a bad lineage. Are you with me? Amen. She goes into the land, and she first goes in as a slave girl, going in there gleaning a little, getting a few handfuls on purpose. You don't have to have just a few handfuls on purpose. That's what they had in prior ages. God dropped a little handful with Luther and a little handful with Wesley and a little handful. This ain't the time. This is a time of marriage. Amen. Come on, enlarge your vision. I don't want a handful. I want Boaz because if I have Boaz, I own it all. Hallelujah. I have, I have the 
miracles. I own every bit of the grave. I own every promise. I have healing. I have miracles. I have salvation for my family. I have, oh, hallelujah. I've got it all. Hallelujah. Amen. What did she want Boaz for? To bring forth the Messiah. Amen. What in the world do we want Christ for? To bring forth the Messiah. We want to see Jesus come back. Esther would never realize her jubilee by her marriage to the king until she started taking her position going boldly into his presence and inviting him to your feast. If any man will open the door, I will come in and I will sup with them and they with me. And you'll sit on my throne. I'm looking for someone. I don't want someone I have to entertain. I want somebody for me. For me. Somebody that loves me. This is what he said to Israel. I don't care about your rules and regulations. What I want is somebody to love me with all their heart, with all their soul. I want to be loved. I want somebody that will love me. For who I am and share my life with. Make your request known to him. Like Sarah, she was a princess, but never realized the full possession of a wife to Abraham. And she had lived with him since a girl, but had never borne his life. Here we are. Oh, Sarah. 2,000-year-old bride. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm too old for all of this. We've been way too long waiting on Jesus to come back. I'll tell you. 2,000-year-old bride. Never had borne his life. Never brought the Messiah back. Are you with me? He took him a bride fresh from his hand to Pentecost, and she went a whoring. And now, through the ages, he comes back and he brings her back where we started. A bride, he said, I'm going to have her without spot or wrinkle. She'll be a virgin bride. She'll be in my image. She will be like me. Are you with me? Amen. But you see, there again, since a young girl, Sarah, had been this old woman, you know, never able to bring, I, I can't. I can't. I, I can't. I'll never bring it out. I tell you what, you know, we'll let a bondswoman do it. Surely this denomination, they'll, they'll do it. Surely we'll have an agar can do it. And what does it produce? You take the seed, the word, and you give it to a bondswoman, you produce a wild man. That's what happened with Luther and Wesley and on down. They would give him the seed of the word and produce a wild man who wouldn't be subject to God, who wouldn't choose the narrow path, 
and the harder way, but wanted their own way. I'm seed of Abraham. We are the first church. We're this, we're that. And Sarah had never brought it. But God would have to do something with Sarah and Abraham when it was impossible now. When it was, listen, God loves to do things when it's impossible. When man has done his best and can't do it. When it's incurable. When the doctors say it's terminal. That's when God moves in. When they say it'll be hopeless to get a bride in the rapture, that's when God moves in. Hallelujah. And he sends an angel to do what? To turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the Father to get them to believe in again. Hallelujah. What does he do? He reveals himself as El Shaddai. I'm the breasted God. I'm the full word from old to the New Testament. And I don't open my breast to everyone, just to my child. Hallelujah. And I've given birth to a people in this last day. Hallelujah. Ishmael has his portion, but I give to you the double portion. Grace upon grace. You are highly favored. My covenant is with you. I've got a place for Ishmael. I've got a place for him. I've got a, a thing. There, there'll be thousands, millions of others that are in heaven besides the bride. But I've got a special place for you. Because my covenant is not with an Ishmaelite. It's with a child of the supernatural. When it became impossible, that's when I move in. And like Brother Timothy brought it out, he brought it out, you know, the name. He put an H in her, in her, in her name. H, H. What was he doing? Putting his breath. What was he doing to church on the day of Pentecost? He's standing on them and he breathed upon them and receive you the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And that went out until it became a rushing mighty wind. And here it come on the day of Pentecost and filled them all. Hallelujah. Amen. You know why God brings you to where you are? He is challenging you so that you will know the answer to his question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is it possible to get a bride in the rapture? Is it possible there for the dead in Christ to rise? Is it possible? Has somebody got to come to a point that they realize nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. 
Hallelujah. How in the world are you going to get the strength from it? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to unseal myself. I'm going to give my full word. I'm going to give the fullness of the Holy Ghost and just nurse from any promise there. Nurse from heaven until your body is changed. You don't ever quit nursing. You don't quit pulling from him. You don't quit having experiences in the Holy Ghost. You just draw more of that Holy Ghost and more of that Holy Ghost. Amen. And more of that Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. And I got a name for your child. You're going to name your child Isaac, and it means laughter. Amen. I'm going to name, you're going to name your child laughter, not because you laughed at the promise, but because that you changed from disbelieving to believing. Yeah. Hallelujah. And Sarah, you're going to have the last laugh. The last jubilee. The last laugh. Hallelujah. When I leave out of here, I'm not going out defeated. I'm going out of here laughing. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Devil, you couldn't stop me. Devil, you didn't have enough. Ha, ha, ha. You can't stop this bride. Talking to a people that has the last laugh, the last jubilee, the last rejoicing. And on that glorious morning when the dead in Christ rise, and my wife comes walking up toward me, devil, I'm gonna have the last laugh. and say farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. Jubilee, a jubilee. You've never seen a jubilee like this jubilee. That age, this last age will call its brethren and they will call their brethren and they will call their brethren and the last will be first and the first will be last. And then we'll be caught up. And I'm going to go out of here laughing. I'm going to go out of here laughing. Devil, you start, you would start, you thought you would stop me. You thought you could hinder me. You thought you could discourage me. You thought you could ruin my life. You made fun of the choices I made. But look at me now. Hallelujah. Look at me now. Hallelujah. Glory. Just wait till you see my new clothes. Hallelujah. I'm going to have a body about this tall and it'll be black headed, not a gray. Come on. My little red-headed buddy. Hallelujah. 
Lord of God, we'll look at one another and I'll laugh. Oh, you look fine in those new clothes. It's not a theophany of the glorified body. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, you look fine in those new clothes. We'll not go out here in the rags of our humanity. We'll go out of here in the glory and the power of the Almighty. You scorners, you scoffers around the world, that matters now. We're going to have the last laugh. close with this scripture. Put up for me Revelation 19 and verse 1. I want to be able to see it. Revelation 19 and verse 1. You put it there. I want it here too. What have you got to do? Do it. <laughs> but do it quickly. <laughs> and after these things I heard a voice of much people in heaven. But it was my way. And rather than giving voice to their own ambition, they gave voice to me. Verse 2. For true and righteous are his judgment. <laughs> For he had judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and had avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Son, I'm having trouble. You couldn't quit preaching, neither can I. I rubbed up on you. Give me that verse again. True and righteous are his judgment, for he judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. I want you to think about it. We're in the hour of his coming. He comes first with a shout with the prophet's message. The word coming to a prophet. So he comes first in word form. But it wouldn't do any good just to have books and tapes. It's got to take on flesh. Come on. It's got to produce a people. You see, the word is a spoken word. It's the original sheet, and it has the birth of people. 
Are you with me now? Amen. So you see, you're a part of his coming. Because he has to come first in word form to a prophet who brings us a message so that that message will take on flesh and they become the voice of the resurrected ones out of the tombs of denomination. You had a Baptist tomb, a Methodist tomb, a Presbyterian tomb, but one day you heard the voice of the resurrection saying, come out of her, my people. Is that right? Amen. And then once it's prophesied to all the nations, kindred tongues, and people, then it transfers into the trumpet where the dead in Christ rise and we're caught up to meet him in the air. Shout a message. Voice of many waters, you. Are you with me? And then the meeting in the air. Where we meet a physical, corporal Lord Jesus. Where we will meet him in body form. Then we'll go to the marriage supper. Preacher asked me the other day, Brother Tim, what, where are we? Well, you know, where, where's the coming? I said, well, we have two comings on our age. This one here is more of a going away than a coming, but it's a coming. But, you know, if we leave today, three and a half years later, we're coming back. Oh, yeah, there's another coming after this one. We're coming back with him. Revelation Shows us, 19 shows us what? Him coming on a white horse. Amen. And all the saints with him. Victorious. We're coming back. Hallelujah. And that's only, if today would be, it's only three and a half years from now. Now, we are here in the coming, which is the seventh seal. When the seventh seal is open, it breaks the silence. It was represented by half an hour of silence, but now the silence has been broken. God has now spoke what he had once silenced. Are you with me now? But when the seventh seal is open, something peculiar happens. The prayers of the saints that are held up in censers. There in Revelation 5, in Revelation, in Revelation 8, in the seventh seal, they are poured out and they're mixed with the incense and they ascend into heaven. Amen. Now, these are my thoughts. But I think of it like this. God has been holding certain prayers to be answered. And he don't just throw them away. He don't discard them. He holds them and he keeps them there in a very special place. And there were prayers of his coming. The last prayer of the Bible, even so come Lord Jesus. But God said, as much as I love you, John, I can't answer that yet. So I'm going to store it out. 
until the end time. And at the end time, those prayers will be mixed with the incense on the altar and they'll be received by God. And when it does, there'll be lightnings and thunderings on earth. Things will begin to happen upon the earth. And in answer to that prayer, God sends Malachi 4 to start turning your heart back to the faith of the fathers. You see, Malachi 4 was a part of his coming. Hallelujah. But now notice again, you know, it goes even a little further than that because Revelation 10 a takes it to what? Where that he said, take the book and eat the book. Become one with it. And then you must prophesy. We've had the prophet bring a message. But now the bride has got to bring a message. And it'll be the same message, not a new message. The same message, prophesy again. The same thing that the prophet said now echoes around the world. To where every kindred tongue and tribe and people, because God wanted more than just America to hear it. He wanted the world to hear it. I'll gather her out from among the nations. I'll gather her out of the denominations. And I'll bring her back to that land. And she becomes the voice of the resurrection. And that crescendos until her life so matches the word. The dead in Christ rise. So it's more than just a spiritual resurrection. It's also a physical resurrection. And you ain't never seen no miracle like this one. Bodies that lay as dung and dust over the earth will be gathered together by the creative power of the creator. And men and women from that other dimension will come here. We'll take, we'll go meet him in the air. Now, this is just the way I envision it. But we're here enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. Do you see this? For true and righteousness are his, righteous are his judgment. He's judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth. And we're here at the great marriage supper of the Lamb. And oh my, we're just enjoying it. So what will it be, Brother Tim? I, I, I don't know. Eyes have not seen, ears haven't heard. All I know is when Jesus came and took a body, he took and ate honeycomb and fish. I just know when he needed a supply for his children, he didn't even catch the fish. He just had them on the fire. The creator made a banquet. I don't know what it'll be, but you don't want to miss it. I wouldn't trade it for any party that you got here in the world. You don't want to miss it. Now there are seven vials of judgment. And they're wrath. And they're stored up. And this is just the way I envision it. And I think of them as being down to the ages. 
His men cursed that great whore, spoke against her and prophesied against her. Those words should have spoke her out of existence. But God said, no, she's got an end time plan. She's got to be here in the end time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to store all of those judgments up in vials or bowls of judgment. But you see, I'm not just the Lamb of God that takes away your sins and did the purchasing work. But I'm also doing a claiming work, and that's his. I'm going to claim the book and claim all that's in the book and take them all in a rapture. But I'm also kinsman avenger. The devil's going to have hell to pay for. When the king raises up and sees what the wicked one has done. Are you with me? And it's time. Now, did you know? Did you know if you read your Bible that those seven angels that held seven vials were men? Because John tried to worship one. The one that, that was holding the seventh vial, he, was, he, was try, he tried to worship him. And he said, no, don't worship me. I'm, I'm just a prophet like you are. Worship God. I'm a man. Don't worship me. You see, they're men. So we're all at the marriage supper. And we're just enjoying whatever it is. It's going to be great. Food like you've never seen. Blessings like you've never had. Looking around at the table, thousand miles long. Amen. Our arms are stacked and the battle's over and we're now having a jubilee feast. And one of these seven men holding the seven vials, I can just imagine him. Now, this is my imagination, but pardon me. I can just imagine him saying, excuse me. Excuse me, I got a little job to do. And he walks over with his vial. And he looks over there and he empties it out on the beast and the false prophet and on Satan's kingdom. Amen. And what do we do next verse? Amen. And we're going to say, Hallelujah! Jubilee! Last laugh! Hallelujah! All the things you thought you did to us, now watch! Hallelujah! Our avenger, the Lamb, will pour out his wrath. And a little later, here comes another one. And he picks up the stored vials of judgment. And on this side of the beast kingdom, he pours out another. And their smoke rose up forever and ever. Next verse. And the four and twenty elders, that's the bride, Old and New Testament, and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Next verse. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Have a jubilee. 
Your enemy, your enemy is under your feet. Defeated, finished, finished while you're having Jubilee. Next verse. And I heard as it was the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thundering saying hallelujah. Hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Voice of mighty thunderings. Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Next verse. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife, not his slave, his wife has made herself ready. Next verse. And to her was granted. You see, some in Revelation 7, they washed their robes through works. It wasn't your works had done it. It was the royal grant. No slaving on this. It wasn't anything you did. It's a royal grant that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Oh, hallelujah. You know, you know, bride gets married and something old and something new, something borrowed, something blue. I don't know how all that goes. But I'll tell you this. You see... The fine linen we have been given is the righteousness of the saints. I am putting on the faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. I put it on. Are you with me? I'm putting on the perfect walk of Enoch. Amen. All the righteousness of down through the ages is now dressed in a bride. And there she is around. Not in their faults. Not in their dirty ways, but in the clean and white, the fine linen, their righteousness. I'm now wearing his faith, his love, his power, his omnipotence. It's all mine. Come on. Come on, Sarah. Come on, Abraham. It's time for the last laugh. Laugh at your enemy. Laugh at that devil. Laugh at that enemy. Laugh at that cancer. We will have the last laugh. Hallelujah. Jubilee. 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 Of all Jubilee. I got a whip. 
Why did you stop? Why did you stop? Come on, let's praise him. Come on, saints of God. You're just getting told what you are. Amen. We can rejoice with hallelujahs and praise our God. Hallelujah. What a gospel. What a message. What a jubilee. This is your jubilee. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't want to go. I want to go up. Amen. I don't know what's fixed, but I got the last laugh. You got the last laugh. Yeah. You got the last laugh? Did you hear you got the last laugh? Okay. I did too. So I looked it up. I want you to know you got the last laugh. I want the devil to know we got the last laugh. If you say you have the last laugh, you're successful. That's your definition. Do you have the last laugh? Then you are successful over the enemy. Amen. I got the last laugh. Devil, you are under my feet. And I heard about the vials. And I'm going to be at a wedding supper. Amen. That means you're successful. Don't you let the devil tell you you're unsuccessful. You are the bride. You're the elected. You're the Esther. You're the root. Come on. I don't think, I don't think for one moment Ruth held that she was a little beaten down little bride. She was the wife of Boaz. And I want you to know, you're the wife of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the people that criticize, that's what it says here. The people that criticize or opposed you or foolish have to look on your success. called you crazy they're gonna look on your success everybody thought you were out of your mind they look on your success I'm putting on a body change you're putting on a body change every word we heard today is changing you amen from glory thank you unto glory unto glory amen well the children of the Lord we've already sang that have a right to shout and sing but I think we gotta hear Jubilee I think we got to hear Jubilee. Who sings Jubilee? Everybody? Well, Dan leads Jubilee. We just dedicated Zion Jubilee. We started with Jubilee. We end with Jubilee. And we're in Jubilee. How many enjoyed that word this morning? Saints of God, now I'm going to get serious. I'm going to get serious. I'm going to get serious. You dropped your hole, right? You dropped your hole. Amen. You're free, right? You're free? Who says? Who says they're free? Who the Son of Man says free is free indeed? Are you free? Then I don't ever want to have to pray for you for your hole. Come on. 
Like, I, Brother Tommy, I, you know, didn't we pray for that at that Jubilee service? Why are you picking up your hoe? Break the handle. Throw it away. Rejoice, Michelle. It's over. Put up your hand, Michelle. That's it. It's over. It's my jubilee, Dan. It's your jubilee. Let's rejoice. We've heard tremendous words. We don't want them just to go by. I want you to go back to them and I want you to listen to them. I want you to take it in this series again from the beginning. My Jubilee, a new song. Nothing going to stop this. And then this message this morning. I don't even know why we're here. Man, I told Brother Ron, I said, if I spoke in tongues, I'd speak in tongues. And then I turned around to Timothy and I said, man, he's making me a holy roller. I, I didn't know what to do, but I knew I got the last laugh. I want to tell the devil today, I got the last laugh. I know who I am, and I know whom I believe. And I believe everything I heard this morning. If you can't rejoice, you got a hole, get your ear marked. Go. Have at it. But I don't know about you, but I heard the trumpet sound. I've been hearing it all weekend, saints of God. Darren, go ahead. Well, just want to say thank you all for coming this weekend to Zion's dedication. Appreciate it. <laughs> Amen. Let's sing together. Say 
those bars and the Lord told him loose my people come on loose my people he said but he looked at himself he didn't have any ability it wasn't his ability it was the Lord Jesus Christ and so he said in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ let those bars of hell open you are loosed Loosed. Joachim. Are we having a jubilee time? Amen. Amen. What a wonderful time we've been having. Amen. EBA? It's coming. Come on. Amen. If John Ryan could say extra, extra, I am healed. There has to be. Huh? If that was a shadow. Where's the light striking? Striking you. 
Amen. Extra, extra. I claim my healing. Do we have time for one more song? Rejoice. Can we sing Rejoice? I don't know who's in that choir song, but I'm staying here because I never get to stand with the choir. Because <laughs> they can't sing, Tom. Who else do we need? Yeah, rejoice. See what the Lord has done. Who sing that? Huh? Here, Mike. <laughs> All right. This is a little bit of a. We didn't get a run through this one uh, before church. So you're going to have to sing it with us. Remember the song from a long time ago? Rejoice. Look what the Lord has done. We thought, you know, if we just have that song ready, it'd be something to sing at the end of these meetings because that's exactly what the cry of my heart is. Lord, look what you have done. And we're going to rejoice with it. So why don't you sing with us? If our harmonies are off, don't judge us.
What a set of meetings. What an atmosphere. What a group of people. Amen. The bride, she's beautiful. She's a wonder and a wonderment, and you indeed are. Amen. I mean that from the depths of my heart. Amen. Well, we've, we've come to a conclusion. That means a little bit of a, an ending, but it goes on. At 4 o'clock, we have uh, the banquet hall. is just down the street on 64th at the bottom. It's called Mirage. Don't get fooled by the name. It's there. <laughs> we felt that we wanted to do something for you. You're amazing. You're just simply amazing. And if you weren't here, what would we preach? Tell me. Tell me. You've made us what we are in our ministries. You're part of building up of us. Some on the rough side. But look what the Lord has done. Amen. Hey, brother, brother uh, uh, Red Searle, he was a wonderful man of God years ago at the Log Church, one of the first ministers there. He preached about the quarry. He said, in the quarry, they take the two stones and they rub them together to make them smooth. Of course, we're, we're all smooth already, right? <laughs> but you've been a wonderful, wonderful church. It's our jubilee. And I thank you from the depths of my heart, Brother Richard Drake, for being our Sunday school superintendent these many, many, many years. God bless you. And all that have joined us, that have flown in, driven in to be here with us today, you've made the meetings what they are, and we appreciate you being here. Seattle is here. Some from the island are here. Some from back east are here. We thank you. We thank you from the depths of our heart.
bowed, how can we thank you for such meetings? Men of God that has heard from the very throne of grace. We have rejoiced and indeed will rejoice. Happy. I'm happy. As we heard this morning, indeed, there's so much that was spoken. But we indeed have been a, a people that have been shown the grace of God. And so as we close this set of services, Lord, at this jubilee time, pray that the presence of God will go with each and every one of us. Lord, we remember our pastor, our precious man of God, and his dear and precious wife today. Pray that you'll give him many years, Lord. Strength, Lord. You can do anything. You can strengthen the man of God. You can do whatever you want to do. But we pray, Father, that he will be rejoicing with us, Lord, as we take this body change together. Lord, our hearts are full and our eyes are looking up for our redemption indeed is drawing nigh. So we take this little break and we'll go to a little banquet to do a little bit more rejoicing. So I pray that the presence of God will go with each and every one. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, for your word, for Brother Tim Pruitt, how he has meant so much to us over the years. And then to have his precious friend, my friend, Brother Ron Spencer. They both bring their sons, Lord. And then Brother David Mayer comes here from Switzerland, brings his sons. It's amazing that you have such tremendous continuity. I just pray now that you will go with us and may the blessing of God rest upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Amen.